Good morning. I'm Tim Neubauer, and welcome to Safety Unlocked, the morning podcast. I'm Craig Edwards. And I'm Dave Bittner. Today is Tuesday, September 19th, 2023. Our morning podcasts are focused on current safety topics. Craig, what's the topic of today? Or the food of today? Or the funny thing for today? I sit back and let me tell you a tale. It's National <laughs> Talk Like a Pirate Day. Arr. Arr. A pirate's favorite letter, R. Yep, there was a, uh, I can't remember the name of the uh, singer. He was a, it was a, a, a guy who wrote kids' songs. Uh, and he was uh, big, at least when my kids were, were younger. And he wrote a song about uh, pirates who painted their ship. There was Blackbeard, Bluebeard, and Redbeard. Uh, and uh, they each wanted to paint it uh, the color of their beards, right? Um, but in the end, they all painted it together. And what happens when you uh, mix uh, black, red, and blue? Uh, you come up with black? You come up with maroon. Maroon. And, then, and the point of the story is that after they painted their ship all the different colors, their ship was marooned. Uh, uh, it's funny. Uh, Eric Herman is the actor there you go. Or, or the singer that you're thinking of, but that is uh, him. <laughs> it, it, it's it's a cute it's a cute song. It is. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> I'm have to listen to it and then annoy my grandchildren with that. <laughs> there you go. They may like it, and then they may annoy you with it. Because I can tell you after, you know, the five millionth time that we heard it, it's like, okay, let's find you another one. around singing it, weren't you? Um, yeah, I still know the words. my older grandchildren, I was stuck with, do you want to build a snowman? Um, I have a granddaughter now who probably barely remembers that she was sick and laid in my lap and we watched Frozen four times on loop for eight solid hours because she was just sick and had a fever and needed to snuggle with her papa. Um, um, hope she remembers that when she's older because that was a pain for me. <laughs> they don't. They don't. So <clears throat> now that we've uh, skewed with uh, talking like a pirate, it's also National Butterscotch Pudding Day. So if there's any people out there who actually like pudding, um, I love pudding. Love okay. It. Well, Dave, today's your day. Good. I like pudding. Chocolate pudding would be the favorite, but uh, hey, I'll take any of them. I even like butterscotch pudding. A lot of people don't like that. Yeah, butterscotch. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, it's only a couple of items. It. <laughs> only a yeah, couple well, first, items for me. First of all, you have to like butterscotch before you can like butterscotch pudding. I mean, that's a given. And a lot of people don't like butterscotch, so eh, I, I get it. It's cool. Um, and uh, lastly, it's National IT Professionals Day. So for all we the people who, <laughs> so for all the people who keep our computers running, keep the internet up, the podcasts rolling. Thank you. Don't forget to thank your wife today. I thank her every day 
uh, and um, count my lucky stars that uh, that I'm married to her. I want to know why two of our employees are married to IT people, yet I still pay an IT company to uh, to do our stuff. Um, just because they already have jobs, Tim. Yeah, nobody wants to work for free, apparently. So just because you nope. love your spouse, theoretically, and you won't do free things for me. So, yeah. And there you have well, it. Well, thank you to IT professionals. Absolutely. 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 Um, so today's topic, we're going to discuss the hierarchy of hazard control. I.e. don't piss off your IT person because they'll shut you down. Yeah. So that, that would be number one. Uh, two through six as well. Um, and make sure that you have the master password um, so that you can get in through the back door when they walk away <laughs> and, and leave you um, going, uh, okay. It's not password. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Is it one, two, three? <laughs> it's no, a it's one, number. two, three, four. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I was thinking uh, the same thing. We are so like. Yeah. It's like, well, if it's not one, two, three, four, you got to have a five on the end of it. Oh, it's a six pin. It's a six digit pin. Okay. Uh, well, that's e Yeah. Just add the six. <laughs> Yeah. Um, yeah. So today we're going to talk about uh, hierarchy of hazard controls. Um, why do we want to have hazard controls? What's the main purpose behind ha controlling hazards? So they don't happen again, or they never happen at all, <laughs> or they yeah they they don't happen at all. That that that's the goal. But there are always things that uh, even even the most prepared professional can get caught by surprise by something that was unanticipated. Um, so we do our best to control hazards by understanding our processes, documenting our processes, and then training our employees on those processes. But let's say we introduce a new, a new system, a new process into our facility, into our plant. What do we want to do? Uh, first well for me whenever i'm looking at and, and and knowing that my world is is more construction your guys is the more general industry the first thing i look at is what are the hazards as a well first of all how do i do this job not not each step in its detail but what am i doing and then what are the hazards associated that's the, one of the first things i look at and i'll give you a great example <clears throat> We had this process where I worked for a company that poured a concrete wall laying down and they use a crane to stand it up. Um, and we were looking at how we did that job uh, and we started talking about when the wall stood up, we had to, the first thing we decided is we have to go up there with a, um, a boom lift and undo a bolt. And then you had this big pipe, we had to pull it down. It was very hazardous. And we said, man, how are we gonna do this? And uh, uh, we ended up, um, putting a plate on on the ground that had a pulley on it so we could release it and lower it down with a pulley and a rope. So that was just a really simple analogy. If we said, how are we doing the job and how could we do it safer? 
So Tim, I when in our former life when uh, the the systems that I ran in the plant was was brand new um, at at my facility in Florida. Uh, we put all the equipment in, and I spent an entire day running the whole process myself. It was dry run. There was there there were no materials other than containers going through. It took me uh took me all day. It took me like five hours to run like forty five minutes worth of stuff. But uh, I wanted to know thoroughly how the equipment ran, not not just how it ran and and how it functioned, but you know to see, you know, where there could be problems and, you know, hazards are part of that. Too. So, uh, you know, getting in there, rolling up your sleeves and, and really looking at it um, from a practical standpoint is, you know, I think that's the best way to go. Is it perfect? No, no, because uh, everybody operates a little bit differently and machines don't always run as we expect, right? But you try to anticipate what you can. And same right. thing with tools and processes and construction. You know, you have things like lifts and, you know, so that's why we do JSAs, AHAs, whatever you want to call them, you know, job hazard analysis. Yeah, there's, uh, <clears throat> we talked about that uh, on a previous podcast where, you know, there's multiple uh, acronyms and names for hazard assessments, but the end goal is to uh, ensure that you've eliminated um or to the best of your ability uh remove the hazards uh from those specific tasks so tim going back to your example of the wall um i'm, I'm thinking that you know it's like i'm going back and forth between did you eliminate the hazard or did you substitute the process right so those are the the first two that you really want to you really want to eliminate the hazard from your process that that's that's top tier that's that's the best of of all scenarios so i gave you the first of uh, uh i, I want to address that because i gave you a, a small example of three problems that were on there one is we had to work at a very elevated surface and use a, a boom lift to get up there and you had to have a human being grappling and holding on to this really big like six seven hundred pound pipe as it slid down the wall it was very difficult and we were able to to uh attach a plate while it was on the ground that had a pulley on it so that when you never had to leave the ground you could literally disconnect this thing and slide it straight down the other thing that was a problem with that is when the wall was standing we had to go up there drill holes and mount angle iron and we determined that we could mount the angle iron on the ground and we never had to leave the ground uh, and then the last thing is when you went up there after the angle iron you had to stand on this edge and put in guardrails over window and door openings on higher levels we also determined we could put the guardrails in while the wall was laying down so we were able to change the process so that everything we needed to do was on the ground and you never need to go in the air to handle any of this stuff all the by the time you actually set foot on that floor the guardrail was there before the floor was there yeah sometimes the planning is uh is key i mean tim you you probably remember remember the building down in charlotte where we they had to put the the beam in one part of the building before they could bring it back to go to the other half of the building yep. how, how long did we look at the plans and stuff and i actually stood there when they did that and uh 
yeah, it was a it, it was a feat, but uh, you know, kudos on the planning there. Tim had a large part of that, and uh, it went off without a hitch. Um, and it could have been very dangerous or or destructive to property as well. So, uh, yeah, planning and putting several heads together never hurts. It is um, a big chunk of what I do at the company. Uh, uh, use when you when you interact with with Exceed Safety, you see Craig and Dave out in the field, and some of our other team, Jonathan, Sarah, Leo, um, or our administrative team um, out there, Joanne and 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 Chip, and all those other those those great experts that we have. But I spend a lot of my time looking at the blueprints and the drawings in the office, and I don't get to do all the cool, fun stuff. So, uh. <laughs> right, so. <clears throat> Great examples. Um, what's what's uh, what's an example that we could use for um, engineering controls? Now we and talked about more... that. You you got guards, right? Mm-hmm. Talked about that. You got guards. You got dampening equipment for for sound. Um, mm-hmm. So you got light curtains and lockouts and. All that good stuff. Correct. So engineering out a hazard, right? If, if you can't eliminate it or you can't substitute um, one uh, practice for another, uh, then you want to engineer out the hazard. You want to try to remove the employee away from, um, for, uh, I think we discussed this yesterday, from the, the point of operation. And Dave just mentioned a few of the ways to do that. Um, there's, uh, you know, guarding, you can do guarding by distance, uh, lockouts, uh, interlocks. I mean, there's, there's a whole host of ways to engineer, uh, out the, um, uh, the hazard so that the, uh, employee is never exposed, uh, to, um, the hazard that you're trying to engineer out. So we've gone down through, we've talked about elimination, we've talked about substitution, we touched on engineering controls. What's the next one? Administrative controls. Right. And that's the most effective of all of them, correct? <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. Have so you ever told I, your children not to it, do something? <laughs> so when I look at administrative <laughs> controls, and I'm going to make a, a complete mockery and joke of this is if I'm exposed to falling off of a roof, if I put a sign up that says, next step's a big one, don't do it, that, that's administrative control. I'll put a sign warning you the next step's a big one. Uh, if I train you that if you fall, you're going to die, um, or I write a policy that says falling off of this roof uh, equals your resignation. Therefore, when you hit the ground, you no longer work for us. Uh, <laughs> and then the final one, job rotation, which is <laughs> I teach you to do somersaults before you hit the ground. All of those are administrative <laughs> controls. And I just made a complete mockery out of all of them. But the reality is, is those are administrative controls. They don't eliminate the hazard. They make you aware of the hazard and the job rotation limits your exposure. And I know in a previous podcast, we talked about if you're exposed to really loud noise, you rotate people into the really not loud noise area and you reduce the amount of time you're exposed to the loud noise. But I always look at that as a terrible example because I'm going to end up with four deaf people at the end of the, at the end of the day, 
rather than one deaf person because I rotated four people into a loud environment. Uh, job rotation works good if you're working in like a deep freeze or extreme heat where I rotate people in to minimize their exposure to the hazard. But the hazard is still there in all of its glory. And that is my uh, take on a ministry of controls and how effective they are. Or Say again. strain injuries, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Say again. <laughs> what? Well, I, I didn't hear that. Um, so that, they, they that, didn't rotate us out of anything in the army that went boom. No, they just moved you closer. <laughs> Get closer to the, the loud. Gave you the closer to the loud plugs. stick. <laughs> You can't take the shell casings for an M16, the brass, put it in your ear, and that doesn't work as, as hearing protection? Not as well Only, as cigarette butts. That's correct. That's why <laughs> there was always police call to pick up cigarette butts because we were always short on ear pro. Um, so <laughs> we, we've, talked, we've talked about elimination, substitution, engineering, and administrative controls. Now we're going to we're going to talk a little bit about the most popular of hazard controls. It is the most ubiquitous. It is the one that employers go to first even though it is dead last in its efficacy. And Dave, what are we talking about? PPE, personal protective equipment. It, yeah. It's good for certain tasks where you cannot eliminate, substitute, engineer, or administratively control a hazard. Um, you know, we talked about it on, when we were talking about hearing conservation. Um, what do, uh, you know, typical employers, and, and, and we're, not, we're not picking on anybody. We're not saying you're a bad employer. Uh, you're just trying to do the right thing, and maybe you don't have the necessary skill set or knowledge, skills, and abilities to determine what you should do in a high noise environment, but the first <laughs> the first reaction is what? Hey, it's really loud in here. Put in earplugs. <laughs> Put in earplugs. Um, and in hot environments, some people be like, give me those earmuffs. Yeah, you don't want that, trust me. <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's what I want. Uh, okay, here's a towel. What do I need that for? You'll see. Yeah, I bought, I went through that many times, bought so many things at earmuffs and telling people, you're not going to want these in like 10 minutes. But the, exactly. these earplugs gave me a headache. I'm like, well, these are going to give you a, a sweaty headache. That's correct. <laughs> and and it's kind of like, it's kind of like dual swimming pools on the side of your head. Um, and that's why you, sorry, Dave, that's why you need the towel around your neck. So when you take them off, You've got you've got an absorbent sock, uh, but all joking aside, PPE does does play a role in controlling hazards um, uh, at some point in your uh, in your career, no matter what it is that you may do. Um, some examples uh, are uh, safety glasses. Um, I know that you know from a construction standpoint. You know, you're outside a lot. Um, the American Optometry Association recommends having um, glasses that filter out UV light uh, because there's uh, anecdotal evidence or maybe there's even some actual research that 
has gone on to talk about uh, the uh, development of cataracts uh, over time from uh, being outside without uh, some type of UV protection. Uh, gloves and boots, right? Those are just standard in, uh, in, in construction and in certain uh, general industry uh, scenarios as well. Sure. I mean, if you're going to handle anything rough or a potential contaminant, you know, glo gloves are, you know, great to, uh, to prevent, you know, cuts, nicks, abrasions, punctures, um, or chemical exposure. They're, they're not always the most comfortable thing to wear, but uh, they often become necessary. So the most uncomfortable PPE I've ever worn, and, and Dave knows I've, <laughs> I've worn a lot. <laughs> toe caps oh yeah <laughs> when someone shows up at a work site or at a plant you know it's their first day and they don't have the requisite uh shoe protection well you have to have you have to have steel toes and well we'll give you these uh these clown caps um that uh, number one they're too big for you number two you're going to sound like a terminator coming down the hallway and number three, probably going to trip at some point during your shift. So never a fan of those. However, they do serve a purpose in some instances. <laughs> so I want to point out to some of our listeners, if you're uh, uh, we ran down the, the, the three tiers engineering administrative and PPE on the hierarchy of control. Uh, ANSI um, has uh, a five-tier system. I'm going to point it out to you, and then I'm going to show you that it's the exact same three we just talked about. But if you do go to the ANSI standard on, on, on controls, it starts off with elimination, um, and then it goes to substitution, and then engineering. And in my world, it engineering equals elimination and substitution because it took an engineering thought process to come up with that so and then the the engineering administrative and ppe remain the same but i wanted to point out that ansi actually uses a five-tier system which the first two steps are engineering and then it says engineering for the third step um, hey some people have different attention spans okay so yes what uh, <laughs> yeah huh what where am i <laughs> <laughs> so what are the some what are some of the you know uh, we should talk about some of the uh, uh, misuses or improper uses of of PPE or lack thereof and where it's common. So you know one of, one of the big things is is you know eye protection and face protection and and in uh, construction. So you see a lot of cutting going on where there's absolutely no eye protection or they'll be using a chop saw on some steel and they're not wearing a face shield. And it's like, well, I got eye protection. And it's like, well, that's not adequate for the stuff's, you know, kind of spraying in your face. So so what do you guys, what have you seen uh, my, commonly? My absolute favorite, and it comes down to steel erectors and scaffold people, is they will not wear safety shoes. I hesitate to say steel toes because most toes are some kind of fiber composite. And, and here's their method. Here's their rationale. If a 10,000 pound beam falls on my foot, 
it will the steel toe will fold and cut off my toes so therefore i'm not going to wear steel toes and i'm like dude if a ten thousand pound beam falls in your foot foot protection is not going to help you at all um because it's designed for um it's designed for smaller objects hitting your feet just like your hard hat is not bulletproof so that to me is the biggest one is people assume that that ppe is all-encompassing will protect you against bullets when it's just made out of plastic yeah i mean dave and i've heard that argument um um in general industry um uh, in our experience um well, if uh, what happens if a forklift runs over my over my toe, it's, it's still going to crush my foot. And it's like, so I, I like that you're thinking about the worst case scenario. You're thinking like a safety professional. You know, what's the worst that can happen, right, in, in my area? Um, but it's like you have to think about the the little things that occur during the day, dropping a container, dropping a hammer, things like that, right? Um, so, um, to your, to your point, Tim, one of the things that, that, uh, I always try to do is make it relevant to what they typically do, not the worst case scenario. Cause that's the stuff that keeps me up at night and shouldn't keep them up at night. Yes, absolutely. It's, uh, it, in, in, um. In Vietnam, they, the U.S. Army issued flak jackets to the soldiers, and they ran through the jungles uh, with Superman on their chest, and they found out that they weren't bulletproof. They were flak jackets. So, again, <laughs> the guys just they, – they don't understand the limitations of their PPE, and they think it's going to carry everything over. So, guys, I think we're about close to our time limit. I really liked this discussion. I think there's more to it. Maybe we should uh, talk about uh, some of our safety moments, uh, maybe doing a series on this over here. That wraps up this episode of Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show. I'm Tim Neubauer with Craig Edwards and Dave Bittner. Dave, are you there? Dave? That's Dave Bittner. Safety is everybody's business. And I'm Craig Edwards. Make it a safe day. You have been listening to Safety Unlocked, The Morning Show, a podcast for safety people by safety people. Brought to you by Exceed Safety, a full-spectrum consulting firm. Visit our website at exceedsafety.com or call us at 919-728-SAFE. Exceed Safety, LLC.